Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers, all you got to do is tell him to play ESPN. We are Shay and Jordan Fournette holding it down best we can here. I am, like, shocked every time they let us come back. We fight, we yell, we talk about things that they don't talk about. But, you know, it's okay. We're allure. happy to be here. That's the allure, Shay. Lean into it. <laughs> That's true. Um, that is the allure. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Last night, the NBA was back in the building without fans. Um, but it was back, nonetheless. And it felt like we had literally just seen... Some of these teams take the floor, and that's probably because we had. It was only a 71-day offseason, the shortest offseason in NBA history. And so the Clippers got the best of the Lakers. But the bigger story last night was the Brooklyn Nets, Jay. They beat the Golden State Warriors 125-99. to And I think everyone came away from that game thinking Kevin Durant looks good. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant play well together. And they're going to be a tough out or the team that wins it all, perhaps, especially in the East this year. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you watch this next team, I don't know why there were questions what the talent would look like. The only thing I needed to know was Kevin Durant, get out on the court, be healthy. Kyrie Irving the same. Those two look like 100%. Seeing what that roster was without them, you knew, coupled with those two megastars, this team was going to be incredible to watch. It is going to be one of the best shows for four quarters that you're going to watch in, in professional basketball this season. They have entered, to me, as either 1A or 1B. It's them and the Lakers, to me, right now. And not by far and away, because there's a lot of good talent in the NBA, but that's the front runner in the East. They're better than the Bucks. They're better than the Heat. They're better than the Sixers. They're better than the Celtics. They're better than whoever you want to try and try it out there in the East. There is too much talent there with this Nets team. Not only in the first unit, their second unit crushes you. Karis LeVert and Jared Allen anchor a second unit that the talent drops off a little bit, but it's still as talented as a lot of people's five that are out there in the NBA. There's too many weapons. There's too much firepower. And they guard you. And Kyrie Irving, you can worry about the antics off the court, but he's good. You want to know why he's good? Because they're really good. They're going to win a lot of games. And the other people in that locker room are personalities that mesh with his. DeAndre Jordan is his good friend, Kyrie Irving's. Kevin Durant is the reason they are playing together and good friends. He's back home in Brooklyn. This thing is going to be fine. Just don't mess it up. Steve Nash can manage this. I don't care if he's a first-year coach. He knows the game. Only thing that they could do is if Marks decides... I want one more big star. I want James Harden. You bring a James Harden, you blow the whole thing up. Depth is what, as much as you have the two stars, depth and the ability to overwhelm the opposition is a huge piece of the pie and why the Nets are so good. You go get James Harden, you disrupt everything. You lose the depth, and now you're just led with three stars, and James Harden plays his style of ball, and then it gets a little frenzied. Then it gets a little turbulent. Do not go bring James Harden into the fold. Let some other team in the East make that decision. No matter who he goes to, you're still better with the Nets. The Nets are still the better team. So this thing is going to be fun to watch all season long. They are exciting. They guard, they score, and they're loaded with talent. Yeah, no doubt. 
Um, and I like that point on James Harden. I actually wholeheartedly agree with you. So last night, the Nets got their first win in a season opener since 2012. Kyrie Irving had 26 points, 24 of which came in the first half. Kevin Durant had 22 points in 25 minutes. It was his first game since June of 2019, which was game five of the NBA Finals. And I joked earlier, I said, let me think back to the last time I saw Kevin Durant play in a game. Oh, yeah, I was on my honeymoon with you. <laughs> we were on our honeymoon. Feels like a lifetime ago that we saw. The honeymoon was fire, though. Was fire. Um, I don't. Were we in Turks and Caicos? Oh, you don't need to flex on where we were. We had a good time. I <laughs> uh, dream of traveling internationally again. Um, anyways, so that was the last time we saw Kevin Durant in a game, and I think what surprised people in a very good way is the way Kevin Durant has been playing. He looks healthy. He looks good. He looks like he meshes with this team completely. You wouldn't know that he's overcome such, such a, a terrible. Achilles injury. Dominique did it, and Dominique was probably the the most glowing um, example of a guy who can return from that Achilles and return to form and even be better maybe. Um, If that happens for Kevin Durant, watch out, world. Watch out, NBA. With those two guys, him and Kyrie playing together, the only team that could stop it is the Lakers because the Lakers roster got better, and the Lakers are the reigning champs, and they got LeBron James. And as long as LeBron's body holds up, that's the only thing standing in front of the Nets. I, and as much as you have all these other teams out there that are good, that are worthy of watching, that can maybe be disruptors, you've got a legitimate threat in the East on a collision course with the team in the West. The Nets, the Lakers, the Nets, and they're headed towards each other. And that's exciting to me. Okay, so to further your point about how the Nets don't need to bring in a guy like James Harden, Kyrie Irving yesterday after the game said, it's no longer about individual accomplishments on this team. Here's Kyrie Irving. I think it's just the right time, um, you know, right situation, right environment. You know, and to explain that is, you know, as a young player, you you think that scoring a bunch of points and doing a bunch of things, getting individual accolades are, are great. I, excuse me, I definitely was going after those things. And now I, I really don't care for any of those individual accolade, accolades or goals. You know, it really doesn't bother me. I know I'm validated culturally, you know, and that's all that matters. I don't need a all-NBA. I don't need an MVP. I just want a championship with a great team that I can look back on history and say we, we did it our way and we had fun doing it. First of all, do you believe him? It's not about individual No, don't accolades. do that. Don't do that. I, I, like, take it for what his word is. Okay, fine. I like that he's saying this. I appreciate So this. who would mess that up if they arrived in a Nets uniform? James Harden. Who, what does he care about? Accolades, points, getting the ball, dominating it. You don't want that. Kyrie Irving, A, is talking to the media. Win. I know. And we're playing his sound. Double win. My wife wants to hate on if he's telling the truth. But, hey, Kyrie, don't worry about her. I do that to everybody. You keep doing you and saying <laughs> the right things. But I go back to Torian Prince, one of the role players on this immensely talented Nets team. And you know what Prince said? What? He said, people have got this whole thing twisted. Kyrie and Kevin Durant, like these guys aren't good locker room guys. Like these guys aren't good teammates. Like these guys aren't good people to have around. They're great. It's all a one big misconception, one big misunderstanding. And the only guys that I care about hearing what kind of player in person that a guy like Kyrie or Kevin Durant is are their teammates because those ones are going to be impacted. Those are the ones that this could be an obstacle keeping this immensely talented team from working. As long as Kyrie Irving is talking like that, give them the title. Unless LeBron right. has something to say about it. Unless LeBron has something to <laughs> say about down. it. Settle down. But Kyrie, one but game. Shay, to, my, to the bigger thing is, you can keep doing what you're doing and questioning Kyrie Irving. 
But if he keeps, I am not questioning. I just asked if you believed that he doesn't care about personal accolades or this team doesn't at all. Come on, it's good they're vibes. NBA players. It's good. They're like oh, receivers. Kind of they're stereo- like receivers sometimes in the NFL. They like to have a little oh, bit of gratification. Wow. Don't Luck- you think? Luckily, I'm a failed NBA guy. I didn't get there, so I won't be all the way offended. But it's something I strive to be. I know these basketball be. types. Come on, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm totally kidding. I mean, I'd love to take a shot at blondes or something like that, but you ain't even a real blonde, so I, I ain't know, even gonna it's do true. it. It's true. It's true. Out here, I try. Let's so put you on blast. That's fine. I Kyrie, try. That's for you. That's true. I try. Blonde hair extensions. Everything's fake. I try. I, Not everything. I, just on I my know. head. Chill out. Hey, chill out, world. Just Not on everything. my head. Just on my head. Um, okay. Chill out, everybody. Let's go to the West. <laughs> Let's go somewhere else. The Clippers did beat the Lakers yesterday, 116 to 109. But as Jordan said, it's 1A, 1B, essentially, when it comes to the NBA in terms of who's at the top. It's the Nets and the Lakers. They lose yesterday. They don't look great. They come out flat. But a lack of sense of urgency was to be expected from this team. Yeah, I mean, look, the turnaround is is the quickest turnaround in the history of major sports, Shay. Eh? So the Lakers went through the challenge, the trials, the tribulations of the bubble and came out with the hardware. Bron came out with his fourth title. I mean, the emotion that goes into receiving the ring and the no buzzer energy in, in, the, in the arena uh, to celebrate that accomplishment, I felt like that was the moment that they were there for in that first game. And that's going to be the mentality, whether people like it or not, for LeBron and AD in the beginning of the season. LeBron's run too many marathons. He knows that once the, once the gun is shot up in the air and they start running, that he doesn't need to be leading the way in the first mile. I don't even know how many miles are in a marathon because I don't do that kind of thing. I think it's 26. 26.35? 26 point whatever. It's 20, I, don't run I think 26.2 if I'm going to guess. We need a new hobby. I don't uh, run marathons. Regardless, LeBron's thinking about 25 and 26, those miles. And so LeBron is going to be strategic in how he gets there. Clearly, management and the coaching staff is going to be strategic in how he's used to get there. And they're going to restrict his minutes. He's going to play in these games, but under restriction. To me, when I watch the Lakers, though, I just want to see how these new pieces are going to fit. Dennis Schroeder, he looked good. He's going to fit in nicely. He was even on the backboard in that game. Montrez Harrell, a bully. He's going to fit in nicely. Marcus Gasol looked a little bit out of shape and trying to find his way. He'll have an impact. Uh, Dwight Howard's going to be missed on that roster. I didn't think you'd say that a year ago. He's going to be missed. But this Lakers roster is better than it was a year ago, and that's reason for more excitement. Uh, One thing that was exciting yesterday from the Lakers was the fact that they got their championship rings. And it was a little bit of a different scene because obviously there's no fans at the Staples Center. And so LeBron James called it bittersweet yesterday. I mean, it was just a combination of what we've been through, you know, in uh, 2019 and 20. You know, so many many, uh, ups and downs, uh, a lot of adversity, just so many storylines and so many things that happened, both good and bad for our franchise. You know, for that to um, you know, you know, cultivate the whole season, uh, bring it into all one uh, moment, um, to be able to celebrate that moment with my teammates and our, and our franchise. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, it was a pretty cool feeling, but at the end of the day, you would definitely love to be able to do that with the fans, do that with our family, um, our friends, because they, 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 they play sacrifice to that as well throughout the whole season. So, you know, like I said, happy to be a part of it, but um, you know, bitter, bittersweet for sure. Bittersweet for sure. And and that's going to be the sentiment for a lot of things in 2020 and moving on because it's just not the way it always has been. And and that's too bad. 
at the end of the day, they get their rings and they move on and they'll unveil their banner when they do have fans at the Staples Center. How much did you love the video messages from family last night? I loved it. The Lakers. I felt like it personalized it. And we actually watched it um, with your son, with my stepson last night. And he loved it too. Like yeah. he loved seeing the personalized videos from the kids and the parents and wives and things like and that. I got a and- shout out really quick. Hat tip to all of them because the families were all beautiful and fun to watch the, the sincerity and the genuine moment. Jared Dudley, man, he must be doing something right as a father. Kids were so cute. Those kids were adorable. Are oh, you they kidding were so me? Funny. They were so that cute. That was my favorite moment of last night with all the sports yeah. going on, and especially with the return of the NBA. His three beautiful children talking so succinctly uh, and eloquently about their father was like, wow. I know. That Jared, you sweet. may not be a star on the court right now. You're a professional athlete, which is impressive in its own right. You're a superstar father because those kids are on the right path. It was so cool to it watch. Was. It was so cute. And, and and so we come away from night one in the NBA thinking the Nets and the Lakers are still the team to beat. Prove me otherwise, anyone else. Clippers, maybe I'm talking no, and, to you. And no disrespect to some of those teams out there. I mean, the Heat did make the finals, and the Heat are a dangerous team. But do they have the firepower to keep up with this Nets team? Is anybody in the East? No, not right now. I mean, the Heat would be right there. I would say the the Bucks probably because they locked up Sakumba, but you haven't seen them do anything in the playoffs. So the Lakers peaked at the right time last year. But is there a team in the NFL that may have peaked too early, perhaps? She's empty the backfield. They're going to give it off, and they shovel it to Kelsey in a tight. It was a tight diamond basketball shovel pass. The Chiefs got up quickly before the Saints could really set. It looked like an empty backfield, but they had a tight diamond set to the right side and just a quick flip <laughs> with a two-handed basketball shovel pass and assist goes to Mahomes. It goes as a touchdown pass of one yard, and Kelsey's got a touchdown. A basketball shovel pass and assist. You got to love it. Thanks to the Wolf for that play right there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. 106.5 the Wolf. Thank you. Okay, so... That leads us to this conversation about peaking perhaps too early. And Sean Payton was asked about this because the Saints have now lost two in a row. Drew Brees isn't 100%. I mean, we know we know the storylines with the Saints. However, the playoffs don't start this very minute. Playoffs. Playoffs. We're talking playoffs. Um, and so they have some time to recover. And so Sean Payton's a little perturbed by people saying perhaps the Saints peak too early. I think there's a little laziness relative to research and saying, well, they get to the playoffs, they're one and done. Not really. Will it need to be the Super Bowl? Yeah, probably so. I mean, but you know what? That's a good measuring stick, and that gives you an indication of how organizationally the culture's changed. Okay, so I hear what Sean Payton is saying. If things change, and throughout the season there's injuries, and you game plan differently, and so it's kind of a lazy approach to say, well, they just peak too early. I would beg to differ for several different teams, maybe not for the Saints, but I would beg to differ that there are several teams in the NFL that without a doubt peak too early. They were playing their best football at the absolute worst time. Yeah, the Saints don't fit in that category. The Saints were caught off guard by – really facing for the first time a true dual-threat quarterback. They didn't have a lot of tape on Jalen Hurts. He came out there and balled. You were without Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. That's pretty important. Taysom Hill ain't the guy and quarterback long-term solution. That's been realized. Then Drew Brees returns with, what, a couple healthy ribs? Still no Michael (laughs) Thomas. And they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that has lost once in their last 23 games. And they play him within a field goal. How can you say they're playing bad football 
are playing their best football is behind them. The only way it is is if they're not healthy at the quarterback position. If Drew Brees can't return to be healthy enough, you pegged him as one of your top five trusted quarterbacks I think he'll get back to heading into this postseason. So if you believe that to be true, then of course their best football is not behind him. And of course Coach Payton is right that this is a lazy take. Okay, that so defense is going to carry its way. It's the best defense in the NFL. That's fine. And I'll go a step further. You mentioned the Chiefs, who the Saints just played. Who was the Chiefs one lost to? The Raiders. And the Raiders would absolutely be a team that you would file in this category as peaking too early. Playing their best, most disciplined, most well-rounded football too early. Was their defense always inconsistent? Yeah. Did they always have issues with pressuring the quarterback? Of course. Their defense wasn't their strong suit. But offensively, they could run the ball. They could throw their ball. Their quarterback, Derek Carr, was playing at a level where I was calling him underrated every single week. They now... They're penalized way too often. They look lost half the time. Their defense can't stop a nosebleed, and they've got issues all over the field. And on top of that, not everyone's healthy. And so the Raiders are now going to miss the postseason because they simply peaked too early. And in talking to some people that you and I have talking to, spoken to on the radio airwaves and, and whatnot, I find it interesting that people think that perhaps John Gruden's system, offense, et cetera, maybe has been figured out late in seasons. And so, anyways, let's file the Raiders under a team that has peaked too early. And Who that's else? Good, And it's good that they have because that's clearly a team that was a threat to the Chiefs. When we're talking about their threats in the AFC, it was that Raiders team that could have maybe created issue for them in the playoffs. But they ain't going. No. So that's neither here nor there. It's the got to be the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. And for those in Pittsburgh, Stillers. It's got to be the Stillers. <laughs> like terrible tiles. The, the Stillers are a team. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. That were 11-0. But I always told you, I said, that's a Fugazi 11-0. and You never told me that. When did you tell I me that? I bet on it. There's no better, there's no better proof <laughs> that I believed it. When you I bet against them to start the three-game skid. They feasted on a weak schedule with bottom feeder teams and against teams that are now pretty good that were playing their worst football. And they limped to that 11-0 and start. And I think I will give them this excuse. The three, three games in 12 days had an impact on them. COVID and, and stuff outside of their control with opposition put them in a precarious spot. And they failed from that. But we've now seen Ben Roethlisberger at 38 years old, Father Time has caught up with him. We've now seen that the inability all season long to establish and activate a legit running game has taken away the ability for the play action and any explosiveness within that offense. And we've also seen Bud Dupree get injured on December 2nd and that defense look entirely different, not nearly as intimidating. T.J. Watt coming off the edge is not having the same success without his star linebacker from Kentucky being in a lineup. So now you look at the Stillers and you say, these Stillers aren't going to win another game this year. So a team that was playing their best football, and you'd have to say their best football because they were 11-0 at one point. Well, no, you think they limped, so you didn't even think that they but were But it was playing. still their best football because they were winning these games. They lost to the Bengals. They lost to Ryan Finley's Why Bengals. Why are you yelling at me? You're the Bengals fan. Why are you yelling at me? Because I can't believe I took the Steelers plus uh, minus 14. And I can't believe the Bengals, in the storied history of this rivalry, losing 11 straight, decided that's the game they want to win. people listen I, to this show, they probably think you're the worst gambler. Well, you always be, talk about all your right in the last atrocious 10 days. losses. In the last the 10 Cowboys, days. Cowboys, you bet on this. Uh, we've, been, we've been doing okay, so let's relax. Uh, but let's, oh, okay. let's get back to the point here. Steelers aren't going to win another game. So their best football is most clearly behind them. It's the Steelers 
who have truly peaked way too early and have no answers to the problems in front of them, and that's why they're done. Okay, so I would go Raiders at one. I would go Steelers at 1A or 1B, whatever. The Steelers implosion is bigger than any. I don't know Fine. how that's not number one. Fine, but I, w- I think we were all penciling the Raiders in as the team to beat in the AFC when they beat the Chiefs and almost the beat them a sec- second time around. Uh, Are okay. you kidding? They beat the Chiefs and they almost beat them twice. I wouldn't have pegged them as the team to beat, but they definitely can go there. Okay. You can put them up there. I'm going to put them up there. I, I already did. I think an undefeated team that was chasing history that is now maybe not going to get another win in the midst of a three-game losing streak would trump that, but that's fine. You can go Raiders. Whatever. Raiders, Steelers, I would say maybe the Seahawks are in there. I think the Seahawks are kind of still in this thing. They, no, I do too. But because I, of Russell I, Wilson, because the defense has looked a little bit better. I think their best football is in front of them, but I also think they peaked in the beginning of the what season. What does that mean? I don't know. It didn't, it, I said it, and then I thought, I'm like, eh. It kind of was a double negative. It's just wrong. I mean, you think the Seahawks still have some good football in front of them. Yeah. So then they're not a team that's peaked too early. Whatever. I, maybe. I'm still going to say this, the the. Can we get the a Seahawks? break? I don't even know what you're doing anymore. <laughs> you know what? The Giants, they peaked too early. I think Shay's peaked too early. <laughs> I think the last 40 minutes of this show are, are all downhill for her. You peaked from 6 a.m. <laughs> to 9.21 and 52 seconds Eastern time. Shay Pepler Cornette has peaked, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not in life, just for this show. Why can't, why can't I ever have a moment where I just change my mind? I changed my mind on the Seahawks right after it came out of my mouth. People can change their mind. Get to break. Get to the commercial. Okay, after one Save game. Save yourself. After you one still game. You get to commercial. Can you stop? Be quiet You can still now. do it. Jordan, be quiet. After one game, the Brooklyn Nets are a title contender, but why? We'll ask Tim Legler. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. ESPN NBA analyst and former NBA player, 11-year actually, NBA vet, Tim Legler joins us now. So NBA off and running (laughs) after last night. And one team that's legitimately off and running, Tim, would be the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Were you surprised at all at how good they looked playing together, how Kevin Durant looked on the floor? Anything about last night's game surprise you in terms of the Brooklyn Nets? I think the only thing that really surprised me was how quickly both of those guys got into rhythm. I mean, to, to see your two best offensive players get cooking that fast 
um, to start the game. That's kind of surprising for a season opener. Um, but look, we know the talent is there. I think what everybody wants to see is, do they gel on the court together? Um, we know Kevin Durant was going to be healthy because we saw him in the preseason. I saw enough out of him to know that everything is back. He can plant, he can cut, he can jump, he can explode. All of the things he needs to do, and you know that shooting stroke is still there. So the question really becomes, what are they going to look like together, the two of those guys on the court, and how ISO heavy is their offense going to be? Because for me, even though this is the best scoring duo in the entire NBA uh, that are paired up together, if you play straight ISO basketball, it's not going to be good enough to, to beat who you're going to have to to get out of the East. And then certainly if you take on a team like the Lakers eventually in the finals, I was pleasantly surprised at their ball movement. Um, a lot of inclusion with other people. There's, that team is very deep. And there are a lot of guys now with different roles that have to buy into this. And so far, so good through one game. Karis Levert played great. Spencer Dinwiddie got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Let's see how long that lasts because he's a guy that was one of their main scorers and now his role is greatly reduced. So Steve Nash has some things to figure out. But after one game, at least the flow of the offense and the way those two guys looked and how happy they were playing together, that was evident and it's thrust them immediately into a team that you have to label a contender. Tim, my, my wife says I'm emotional and I'm quick to react sometimes. I need to let things <laughs> simmer and then I need to go ahead and make my decision or use my words. I can't do it with this. I watched the Nets yesterday, Tim. Uh, I know you know more NBA. You forgot more NBA than I could ever know, having played in the league for 11 years. But I watched those Nets last night. I go, that's the best team in the East. That team's going to the finals. Only the Lakers could stand in their way. Uh, tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. No, I look, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I just think it's, it's early to, to know <laughs> that. I think w- what I did see last night is this. When you have Kevin Durant on your team, Uh, you have an answer for every defense. And they're probably the only team in the Eastern Conference that has that. Every other guy in the East that's trying to take a team to the promised land, there are ways to defend them. There are schemes you could come up with. There are limitations. They're incomplete players in a lot of cases. It's not the case with Kevin Durant. He has an answer for it. So no matter what your defensive personnel is or whatever your scheme is, because of his handle and length and shooting ability, he can overcome that. So I hear you. The way those guys played at the start of that game and the onslaught that they hit Golden State with, it's easy to sit back and say, my, oh, my, if this is how they look this early, imagine when they have a time as a team to really figure out roles and get locked in defensively and improve on that end of the floor as the year goes on. And how is anybody going to deal with this team? So I don't think it's crazy or a rash conclusion based on what you saw last night to easily envision the Brooklyn Nets playing in the finals. Look, Boston and Milwaukee primarily, I think, at the top of the list are going to have a lot to say about that. And then teams like, obviously, Philly, Toronto, Miami, I think that's the next tier. But Milwaukee and Boston, uh, to, for me, that's the fascinating matchups. And we're going to get a look at it on Christmas with Jason Tatum, another star player, and maybe the second most complete offensive player in the Eastern Conference, going up against Kevin Durant. I think we're going to get a better indication when those two teams play on Christmas. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I figured Tim would, would say the cerebral thing there. It's like, Jordan, chill out. It's yeah, the first, first day of a, of a game, and there's a whole lot of NBA <laughs> out there. I, I agree, Tim, but I I also want to uh, share with you my other reaction watching the Nets is it'd be a massive mistake from Brooklyn if they decided to pursue James Harden in any way, given what they have and how good it is right now in Brooklyn. Do you agree that they should not be thinking about James Harden by any stretch of the imagination? 
I do agree with that. And, and I've heard the rumors like everybody else. And, and the whole time I'm trying to picture the three of those guys playing together because, you know, Brooklyn has said, well, Kyrie's not going anywhere. We're going to have James Harden and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And I actually laugh out loud when I, when I think <laughs> of that concept of Kyrie Irving sitting there as a guy who's now in a very comfortable place, and which is, to me, riding sidecar to a guy that casts a little bit longer shadow. That's when he was at his best in Cleveland because somebody else in LeBron James, he could be the leader, take accountability, answer the media questions, figure things out for other guys, make them better. And Kyrie could just go play while he's back in that happy place again. And he dribbles the ball probably the second most of any player in the league. So what are you going to do? Let's go get the guy that dribbles the ball more than any player in the NBA and put him with Kyrie Irving. Now, Kevin Durant is a guy, I think, so comfortable in his game that he doesn't care who you add. He's saying to himself, that's cool. I'm going to get mine anyway. I'm not worried about that. But Kyrie Irving is going to be directly impacted by adding a guy that handles the ball and dominates the ball to the extent that James Harden does. And now... You talk about teams that sometimes play my turn, your turn, offensive basketball. That would be my turn, your turn, your turn offense. That just is not going to get it done in the NBA. It becomes too predictable and too easy to defend. And I, I think it's a mistake. I think they've got plenty of scoring with those two guys at the top of the roster. And then they've got more than enough depth as long as everyone gets comfortable with their role. They have enough now to get to the NBA Finals. Um, but if you add James Harden to the mix, you're, you're really running a risk of creating some toxicity in that locker room that wasn't there before. And certainly, Kyrie Irving is one guy that if he becomes disgruntled, you've got a serious problem on your hands because he's going to become p- moody and pouty. <laughs> and if he's not happy, none of that can work. So I, I think it would be a mistake to give up a lot of that young talent and that supporting cast to get James Harden myself. Okay, let's go to the West last night. We saw the Clippers and Lakers duel it out. There's a lot to say about the Lakers. Lakers. But let's go to the Clippers side of the things because they did best the the Lakers last night. I want to ask you about Paul George and what you saw out of him. We saw him kind of have some issues down the stretch in the bubble. Um, and then we saw the Clippers lose a lead again, but they ended up winning the game. What did you see out of Paul George in the clip last night? Listen, you gave him superstar money. He has to have superstar performances and particularly in the high-profile moments, not just regular season games on opening night against the defending champions. Yes, that's a high-profile game, and it was great to see him play that well offensively. I'm talking about down the road. You're going to have bigger games than this throughout the regular season and then certainly through extended playoff series. Paul George has had moments in the past where he has not delivered when his team has needed to. It's happened in Indiana. It happened in Oklahoma City, the way that they flamed out in their, in their loss to not only Utah, but also Portland. And it happened again last year when they got beat by Denver. And in Game 7, Paul George had one of the worst offensive games of the season. We know that talent is there. And we know how good this guy is on both ends. Question is, is he going to earn that money and show up on nights when you have to have it? And that's what we saw out of him last night. It's a great sign that he was able to play that well against the Lakers. But that's just a start for me. I need to see the consistency, not only throughout the year, it has to be there in those game fives, game six, game sevens within individual series. That's what Paul George uh, is going to be judged by ultimately. And ultimately, that is how we're going to view this contract because he has to come through and deliver for his team. Um, And so for me, it's one game. It's a nice step for him. I'm much more concerned about the postseason when it comes to Paul George. 
All right, Legs, we're going to let you go, but I got to tell you, the Christmas setup behind you like is that. all time. Yeah, I know you like that. It's my favorite. It's absolutely yeah, fantastic, it's so I hope you have. It's the best time of the year. It best is. Best time you of the year. Agree. You have to be festive. A few more it. days. I'm with <laughs> you. I'm with you. I hope you have a very happy holidays. Thanks for being with us. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. We'll talk to you soon, Legs. All right. Thank is, you both. Enjoy the holidays. Thank Thanks. you. Is Bill Belichick ready to announce his quarterback for Monday yet? Is it Cam Newton? Is it Jared Stidham? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We'll get to that. One more thing before we let you go on this Wednesday. The days blur together, I feel like, during these like two weeks between Christmas and New Year's normally. But uh, during COVID pandemic times, I feel like every day kind of blurs together. It's all confusing. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. I'm Shay Cornette. He's Jordan Cornette. It's been Fun to rock with you this morning, and we will be back tomorrow for all your Christmas Eve joy. Back like we left something. Back like we left something, most likely. Um, So, the Patriots were bounced from the postseason, yet still there are a few games left to be played, and Bill Belichick has not yet named his starting quarterback for Sunday. So, our Patriots reporter, Mike Reese, asked him about it, quite simply. Hey, Bill, uh, with this being the, the first practice of the week, and you guys going through your meetings the last couple of days. Um, were you sticking with Cam at quarterback? Yeah. Mike, we're not answering that question every day. We've been through this for a month. I totally respect that. I think just with the circumstances changing over the last, um, you know, last couple of days with the playoffs, that's why I asked. Is it? Is it? Is it? I, I, I let you know if we're going to make a change. That sounds good to me. I, is is it partly due to competitive reasons that you you don't want to let the Bills know? Like any questions on Buffalo, Mike? <laughs> good, thanks, Bill. <laughs> 
like Reese with the patience. Like, I just applaud him because I have none of it. And that he just sits through those awkward pauses. It's like, okay, yeah, I respect that. But anyways, back to my original question. Like, he's so gentle with the way he asks things. I, I, I don't know how he does it. It feels like exchanges that we have, right? Like, Mike's doing his job. How so? Mike Reese is doing his job, and he does it really damn good. Yeah. And, and he's asking a necessary question. Much like you at home when you're like, will you do this on the honey-do list, this on the honey-do list, this on the honey-do list. I'm Bill Belichick. Not because I'm great. I'm far from it. But I'm Bill Belichick in the sense that I ain't having a great day. He ain't having a great year. He's dealt with a question that pertains to the quarterback position, which has failed him, much like a lot has failed him. That's me. I'm beaten down from the day. You're asking fair questions. I ain't really trying to hear it right in that moment. And I don't want to be too disrespectful, but my indifference comes off plenty disrespectful. Those are our exchanges. I get it from Bill. Totally get it from Mike. Feel really bad for Mike to be in that position, which probably hasn't been a fun one covering his team all year long. It's not fun well, to be you. Let me just be clear, though. If you just laid out and was like, do you have anything else to ask me? I'd be like, as I was saying. I would never do that part. <laughs> as I had I asked earlier. Let me part. just reiterate. Um, okay, so Bill Belichick has yet to say anything, but he says, let, I'll let you know if we're going to make a change, which I would assume then that means that Cam is starting, I guess. Um, but does it matter if you see Jared Stidham go out here and play well, or if it's Cam Newton and he goes out there and plays well in some meaningless pair of football games left in the season? Does that really sway you to go one way or the other? If Stidham goes out there and throws for 300-plus, three touchdowns and zero picks, are you then going to be like, oh, this is the Jared Stidham we've had? Well, okay, the Bills have to face the Patriots on Monday Night Football. It's Monday, not Sunday. My bad. And then they have to face the Jets. Bills have clinched, though, the division. Are the Bills playing for anything at this point? Can they improve their seating? I mean, what what is really the approach? Hold on. Let's throw the Jets out the window. But this game was a close game, the Bills and Patriots, the last time they faced each other. And I remember... The, the Bills feeling like they accomplished something because Sean McDermott finally got over the hump and beat the Patriots for the first time since he became the Bills head coach. And so it's obviously a storied rivalry. Don't try to give me any juice to this game. I am just telling you, I feel like having Cam Newton there under center to start like it was in the last matchup would make the most sense. You didn't answer my question. Would you be swayed on how you view Cam Newton or Jared Stidham based on a performance they delivered to you this coming weekend. I'd much rather watch Cam Newton go up against Josh Allen than Jared Stidham go you up against You didn't answer Cam my question again. Would you be swayed on if they're the quarterback, depending on how they go out there and play, meaning your quarterback for the future? This is my third time asking the question. Can you try I, I, to answer? Okay. Hey, Bill, chill out, okay? Don't come <laughs> at me like, like I'm antagonizing you, okay? So just hold on a minute. I don't even quite understand the question. Would I be swayed with one quarterback or another? To be honest, the only quarterback I really honestly care to watch closely is Cam Newton at this point. So, yes, I would be swayed. If they're going to start Jared Stidham, I don't care to watch us closely. You, you didn't answer the question. Well, then you're, it's a bad question. I meant question. for the future. Then can it's they, a bad can question. Can they go out there and do anything to show you that they should be the quarterback for the future? Yes. My answer is no. Yes. If Cam That's Newton goes out and balls in these last two games, yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Okay. Let's move to another. Please. Let's move to another. <laughs> Let's move to a former Patriot quarterback. How about that? That would be Tom Brady. Yesterday, if you follow Tom Brady on Twitter, I mean, he's a goat on the football field. He's a goat on in the Twitterverse too. Tony Dungy. He's a donkey in this situation. <laughs> Tony Dungy put Tom Brady at number six in a list of the toughest quarterbacks to coach against. This is t- Tony Dungy, the former 
Colts head coach. Hall of Fame head he coach. He said who I put ahead of Tom Brady would be Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Steve Young, guys who could move more. Not to say Tom wasn't great, but that extra dimension meant something to me. Okay, that's it's fine a fair and great. Answer. Fine. Toughest, not greatest ever toughest for him to coach against and so tom brady quote tweeted that bite and he put up a picture of the banner of the colts that says 2014 afc finalist i took this i didn't it's dive. the brady airing of grievances hey i didn't i got a lot of problems with you people <laughs> i didn't dive as far into this as you did but i took this as okay like, hey, yeah the patriots own the colts like is this is a wrap like brady's just kind of thrown at a dungy's face like oh really well you didn't beat me but you have deeper issue. Well, because the banner was from 2014. Tony Dungy was was the Indianapolis head coach from 02 to 08. There were wins that Tom Brady had then. Brady ended the cold season twice in that span. Back-to-back playoffs in 2003 and 2004. Those are your choices here, Tom, to really flex <laughs> and to drop the mic on Twitter virtually in response to Tony Dungy. There's your clap back. To hang a banner from 2014 in a playoff win. Which was would, deflate gate year. Would be, t- yes, <laughs> worth <laughs> noting also. too. You'd be taking a shot at Chuck Pagano, who's a defensive coordinator of the Bears, because he was the head coach of the Colts. <laughs> You'd also be taking a shot at Andrew Luck, who everybody feels bad for that had to end his career short because he wanted to preserve the quality of his life moving forward as a post-athlete. All right, I th- that's, that's a but little But I'm deep. saying you're taking a shot at two people hey, who aren't on. involved. Andrew Luck didn't say anything. Chuck Pagano didn't say anything. You picked the wrong year. <laughs> so you didn't clap back at Tony Dungy because you could have done that with an 03 or 04 banner, not a 2014 banner. Okay. It's a miss so, from Tom Brady. So instead of a goat, here he is. He's a donkey. <laughs> He's a donkey. In this situation, the goat is a donkey. <laughs> Just this one time. You won't get that comment off very often. Jordan is the king of calling people donkeys when they like trip or say something they misspeak. Uh, he calls me a, it's a, a donkey, donkey move like from Tom four Brady. times a day, which is very well deserved. Uh, he's still the goat, though. No he's disrespect. Still the goat. Don't you disrespect Tom? It's a misfire on Twitter. We all have them. <laughs> we all have them. We do. Uh, all right, it's been fun hanging out. This has been Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, pre- presented by Progressive Insurance. We will be back tomorrow to spread some cheer on Christmas Eve and We're maybe Christmas uh, pajamas tomorrow. Right? I was going to tease it, and you just gave it away. So right. Jay Get and Jordan Cornette. We'll be back tomorrow. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.